Good morning. It's the third Sunday of Advent, and I'm so glad to have you with me. Let's prepare our hearts as we await the coming of our Lord. Let us throw off all our distractions and look forward to God's promise of wholeness and reconciliation, a day when God's glory will be revealed in all its fullness. Come, long-expected Jesus, excite in us a hunger for peace, peace in the world, peace in our homes, peace in ourselves.
Grace and peace to everyone. In behalf of NMEC Metronord family, I would like to greet everyone a very Merry Christmas. Today I was assigned to preach on Mary's song and see what caused her to magnify and rejoice in God. Mary's song is also known as the Magnificat. And it is one of the four canticles in the New Testament, all found in the book of Luke. Canticle is the Latin word for song. So actually in Luke, we find four songs, all with the characteristics of a hymn. The Magnificat is still sung in churches all over the world, especially at this time of Advent. And it is one of the oldest Christian hymns. The word magnificat comes from the same word as glorifies or magnifies. It is the Latin translation of that same Greek word. So when uh, you hear the term magnificat, it is the name of Mary's song. And it emphasizes the fact that her song is a song that gives glory to God. Through this passage, we will see why Mary magnifies the Lord, why we should glorify the Lord, and how we can be able to glorify the Lord and rejoice in the Lord. Now, let's see now, what gives Mary this kind of thrill. But before I proceed, let us come to the Lord in prayer. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this privilege of worship that we could come together, Lord, and just sing praises to you. And again, Lord, I, you know all my limitations. That's why I ask that you uh, empower me and anoint me, Lord, to preach your word. Lord, may we learn from Mary and that we too, that our very soul and spirit will be able to magnify you and rejoice in you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And uh, again, before I continue, let me just give the background uh, of the passage that uh, I'll be preaching on this morning. So the months between the announcement of Christ's birth and the actual moment of his arrival were months of hard decisions and anxious waiting on the part of Mary and Joseph. However, as difficult a time as it surely was, it is still a, you know, a pleasure to watch Mary and see how she uh, conducted herself. In this passage that I'll be preaching on, Mary has made the journey to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who is also expecting a very special baby. 
John the Baptist. When Mary arrives at her cousin's house and speaks to Elizabeth, the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaped for joy. Elizabeth responds by telling Mary that she's blessed because she has believed the Lord and that God will do all that he has said he will do to and through her life. Hearing this, Mary, even though she's young, unmarried, and pregnant, begins to lift her voice in praise to the Lord. In doing so, she reveals a heart that is in love with God and also a mind that has been saturated with the Old Testament scriptures. She teaches us that we can praise the Lord in spite of our circumstances at the moment and that God's grace is sufficient even in the most troubled, troubled of times. Again this morning, let, let's spend a few minutes looking at this great anthem of praise and join Mary in her celebration of the Lord. The title of today's message is My Soul Magnifies the Lord. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 1 verses 46 and 47. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So if there's any reason to magnify the Lord, it's number one, Mary magnifies the Lord for personal grace. Mary magnifies the Lord for personal grace. In this few uh, verses, Mary expresses her personal praise to the Lord for his blessings to her, you know, to her own life. In doing so, she sets an example that every Christian should seek to follow. Why? Mary understood. When it talks of personal grace, Mary understood that she had been redeemed. She understood that she had been redeemed. The first object for which she lifts her voice in praise is for salvation. Like the rest of us, Mary was born in sin and stood in need of a Savior. In verse 47, when she says, My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She declares her dependence upon God in heaven for salvation. She's simply praising the Lord for the salvation she possesses. Your life may be falling apart this morning, but you have been, if you have been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus, then you have every reason to praise the name of the Lord. See, there was an account in the book of Luke also, in chapter 10, uh, verse 20 when the 72 disciples whom Jesus had sent by twos they came back rejoicing they said because even the demons submit to them in the name of Jesus however Jesus said do not rejoice that the spirit submits to you 
but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Simple salvation is a good reason to praise the Lord. I mean, think about it. Because you have been saved, you will never go to hell. You will never stand in judgment. You will be granted access to heaven. Wow, you will experience the presence of the Lord throughout eternity. You are a child of the King right now. I am simply saying that we have abundant reason to rejoice as did Mary. I challenge every Christian to offer the sacrifice of praise unto the Lord. Some may, you know, you might argue, Pastor, I do not have anything to praise the Lord for. Well, Mary is speaking out of a personal relationship. She knew what she was talking about. When you're saved and you know it, it will put a great rejoicing in your heart. Now let me go to the next verse, Luke chapter 1, verse 48a. In her song, she said, For he had regarded the low estate of his maiden, handmaiden. What does that mean? She not, you know, when he talk of personal grace, you know, uh, she, uh, she knew that she had been redeemed. And secondly, she knew that she has been regarded. That's in the verse 48. Regarded. The word regard is to turn the eyes upon. In Tagalog, ano? Tawag, ano? Uh, liningap. No? Lingapin ka pa ng Diyos. Mary is telling Elizabeth that she is a nobody. But she has experienced the grace of God firsthand. Mary knows that she does not deserve wonderful favor of the Lord that has been extended to her. Yet the Lord did it anyway. Again, this is another reason for rejoicing. We who are saved have been chosen, called, and saved by pure grace alone. There's this wonderful song that we sing in church, Who Am I? That the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt. Who am I that the bright and morning star would choose to light the way for my ever-wandering heart, not because of who I am, but because of what you have done, not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. There was nothing in us then, and there is nothing in us now that would commend us to the Lord. See, however, in His grace, He loved us, reached down to us, and saved us when we responded to Him in faith. To be regarded by the Lord is a tremendous thing. Even though there is nothing uh, in us that commends us to Him, he, 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 just like what I said, He, he loved us. <laughs> he lives in us and by grace transforms us. 
that is a reason in itself to praise and magnify the name of the Lord. As she continues on in her song, in verse 48 and verse 49, it says, For behold, from henceforth all generations call me blessed. For he that is mighty had done to me great things, and holy is his name. Not only, you know, Mary talks, Mary magnifies the Lord because of a personal grace. She came to understand that she has been redeemed, that she has been regarded. And third, she came to understand that she has been rewarded. Rewarded. Mary realizes that God is doing something pretty wonderful through her life. After all, she is to be the means by which the God of uh, eternity enters human history. While many in her days ridiculed her and talked about her, she knew that in days to come, others would look back on her obedience and know that she has been blessed by the Lord. Her rewards was in the fact that God was to be glorified and that others would be blessed by her actions. Every one of us who have been saved would have to acknowledge that the Lord has done great things in and to us. I mean, think of the change you know, uh, that God has made in our lives. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now think of the blessings you have enjoyed. Think of the benefits that are yours as a child of God. Think of the glory that awaits out there in the future when we step on to eternity. We have been blessed abundantly. Like Mary, we all have reasons to magnify the name of the Lord. What are the reasons why Mary magnifies the Lord and rejoices uh, in God, her Savior? First, Mary magnifies the Lord for personal grace. My second point is Mary magnifies the Lord for perpetual grace. In Luke chapter 1 verse 50, it says, and, her, and His mercy is on them that fear Him from generation to generation. It, well, it, observe the verse. It simply tells us, number one, the permanence of His grace. When we, when we talk of, you know, perpetual grace, now, number one, the, it, it shows the permanence of grace. The permanence of His grace. Mary knows that she isn't the only one who has received grace from God. Nor is her generation that can, you know, expect the hand of God to move. His grace is to be revealed to every generation until the return of Christ to this earth. I am reminded of the beloved hymn, Because He Lives. The second stanza says, 
how sweet to hold this newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he, uh, he gives. But greater still, the calm assurance this child can face on certain days because Jesus lives. See, the grace of God is operating even today. There is grace to save repentant sinners, grace to reclaim backsliders, grace for every spiritual battle, grace for every trial, grace as we go through the valley of the shadow of death, grace for every situation we face in life. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Paul says, My grace is sufficient for thee. That is God's word to Paul. My, my, my grace is sufficient for you. This in and of itself is a wonderful motivator to magnify and rejoice in the Lord. Luke chapter 1, verse 51 he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble state. Not only uh, that Mary magnifies the Lord for perpetual grace, and under that, uh, uh, we, she comes to understand the permanence of his grace, God's grace. Second, the performance of His grace. Mary praises the Lord because He did not come to reach out to the proud and to the mighty. In fact, God chose to reveal Himself to those who were poor and humble. In His working of this great miracle, God has demonstrated its power and has put to shame all those who thought they had him figured out. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, it says, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him see in one great act god has reversed the order of society those who are considered great by men will be brought low while those who trust in the lord though they may be poor and humble will be exalted by their faith and dependence in the Lord. This morning, things remain the same. Only those who are willing to humble themselves before the Lord can expect anything from the Lord. Those who are willing to admit their sins can expect to be saved. Those who are willing to admit their needs can expect to have it met. Before we can expect anything from the Lord, we must be willing to humble ourselves in His sight. When we do, we can experience His grace in a very real way. There are many who will die lost and spend eternity in hell. 
simply because they were not, you know, they were un unwilling to come to the Lord, admit their sins, and receive the Lord into their lives. In Luke chapter 1, verse 30, uh, 53, he had filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he had sent empty away. We have seen the second reason why Mary magnifies the Lord is because of his perpetual grace. He talks about the uh, permanence of his grace. We see the performance of his grace. And lastly, we see the promise of his grace. Mary reminds us that those who realize their lack can come to the Lord and be filled. While those who think they have need of nothing can expect exactly that from God. There are many today who see themselves through rose-colored glasses. They think and say things like, you know, I, I, I'm as good as, you know, those people who, 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 who go to church. I'm a good person. I don't steal. I help other people. I don't hurt anyone. <laughs> I mind my own business. Well, at least I'm not as hypocrite as those people who go to church. Uh, you know, something like that. However, what they are missing is this. Salvation does not rely on how well that crowd down at church is doing. You know, it all rests in your personal relationship with God Almighty. Many are like the church crowd in Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3. They thought they had everything they needed, but failed to see that they were the neediest people of all. With all they possess, they still lack everything. Because to have the entire world and not have Jesus is to be eternally doomed to the fires of hell. Yet, to have Him and nothing more is to have the greatest treasure that heaven can afford. If you have all these goods of this world in your hand and do not have the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, you are destitute and headed to hell. Mark chapter 8 verse 36 says, What shall a man profit if he gains the whole world but lose his soul? Mary saw in the perpetual grace of God a reason to magnify and rejoice. Things haven't changed. He's still the God of all grace. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 tells us, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself rest uh, restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I go now to my third point. The reason why she magnifies the Lord is for performed grace. Performed grace. Luke chapter 1 verse 54. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Here we see Mary praises the Lord not only for his blessings in her life and for his blessings upon successive generations, 
but she also praised the Lord for remembering to do what He has promised to do. In this verse, if we observe, you will come to understand and see the simple truth that God remembers His promise. God remembers His promises. For centuries, the Jews had lived on the promise of the Lord that He would one day send a deliverer. I believe Reverend Jason Cole talked about this last Sunday when he preached on waiting for the moment. A coming Messiah to redeem the people and to restore the nation to a place of righteousness and favor with God. Jesus is to be the fulfillment of those promises and Mary magnifies the name of the Lord for remembering to keep His promises. May I remind you that the Lord still keeps His promises. He will never allow anything He has promised uh, to do go undone. In Romans chapter 4 verse 21, being fully persuaded that God has power to do what He had promised. That is why He can be trusted in every situation in life, whether it be for salvation or for daily provision, God will do what He has said He will do. Therefore, learn to trust Him and learn to praise Him for His goodness, even if the answer has not yet been seen. If there is one thing we can be sure of this morning, it is that we can depend on the Lord. He will never let one of His promises fall to the ground. In Luke chapter 1, verse 55, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. It tells us here, God remembers his people. Not only God remembers his promises, but also God remembers his people. Mary rejoices in the fact that the Lord hasn't forgotten about the people of Israel. They were his people, and they still are. She prays his name that he remembers those who have placed their faith in him. We have the same reason for magnifying the Lord and rejoicing this morning. There may be some here today who feel they have been deserted by the Lord. Let me remind you, that we have his wonderful promises in this area. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, he said, He will never leave you nor forsake you. Christians, my brothers and sisters, may you never entertain the thought of God forgetting about you. You are forever impressed upon his heart. He will see you through this world and into the next. He did not save you to lose you. He did not save you to forget about you. Again, this is a wonderful reason to magnify the Lord and rejoice in God, our Savior. And as I conclude, we are indebted to Mary this morning. No, not to the extent that we bow before her or her statue and worship her. Not that we should pray to her. Not that we should hold her higher than anyone else 
who have ever lived, we owe her a debt of gratitude for reminding us that whether it is for personal grace, favor for others, and for those things when the Lord proves himself faithful in the lives of his children. We have a God who is worthy of faith, love, praise, and worship. With that in mind, I ask you this morning, do you have the same heart that dwelled in Mary? Are you in a personal relationship with God Almighty today? Are you in such a position in your walk with the Lord whereby you can truly magnify Him this Christmas? Is there a need for you to come to Him and meet Him on a personal basis? Is there a need for you to come to Him and make some things right with Him today? Is there a need in your heart to just come and bow before Him and worship Him today? Whatever your need may be, please come to Him and let Him have His way in your life. God bless you and enjoy this Christmas season. fails me all my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head oh I will sing of the goodness of God cause all my you have been faithful and all my life you have been so so good with every breath that I am able oh I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice you have led me through the fire And in darkest night You are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend And I have lived In the goodness of God, yeah So, so God, with every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God, yeah. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. 
Thank you. 